Welcome to Adventures in Evaluation Podcast with James Coyle and Kylie Hutchinson. Hi, everybody. Uh, my name is Kylie Hutchinson, and I'm an external evaluator. Hi there. I'm James Coyle. I'm an internal evaluator. When you put us together, we have Adventures in Evaluation Podcast. Yes, we do. And uh, James, we have a very special guest this week. We have Chris Lessie. Uh and I paused on the name because I wanted to make sure I got it right. But Chris, you tell me that it rhymes with Nessie. That's correct. That's correct. Is it? That's correct. You got yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So um, we're pretty we're pretty thrilled to have Chris on this show. And James, I have to tell you, I first encountered Chris at the very first data visualization TIG meeting at the AA conference. And where was that, Chris? Now I'm trying to remember. Where was, was the in, first one? In uh, Anaheim. Anaheim, that's right. And, um, you know, I, I never laughed so hard in my life at a, at a TIG meeting or, or, frankly, at any kind of conference presentation. And it was so enjoyable. And Chris, is, um, Chris did one of the first Ignite sessions, and it was, uh, it was hilarious. And I guess, Chris, that was kind of launching your, your second career, is it, as, as an evaluation cartoonist? Yeah, um, well, I, I got an iPad uh, right before the conference, um, so that pretty much did it. Uh, um, when I found that I could, uh, within a few minutes, get a cartoon from um, my drawing phase to online, um, that's what did it. Um, prior to that, I would draw cartoons, um, then be a little too lazy to actually go and scan them and try to do anything with them. So the ease factor did it, but uh, um, that was the kind of first showing at the conference. Ah, oh, I see. So tell us about when you're, when, you're, when you're not busy drawing cartoons, what are you doing the rest of the time? Um, well, lots of things. Uh, um, I have a three-year-old daughter, so uh, um, that keeps me busy. Other than uh, um, at work at Westat, I'm a research analyst. Uh, um, I do a lot of data analysis and uh, computer programming. I'm kind of moving into a computer systems role right now. Um, outside of work, I, I do a lot of the um, blogging. I blog at Fresh Spectrum. Um, I manage and run Eval Central, um, and uh, I do a lot of things. Whatever pops into my head, that's what I do. Well, listen, it's great to have you on our show. Um, it's been a while. Uh, we've been hoping to have you join us. One of the things that's a little um, that I know you for is is your cartoons, as you said. And given this is an audio podcast, um, you know we're going to make an effort to post some of your material if if, if you're comfortable with that uh, on our site. Feel free anytime. You know the the burning question I had for you really right off the top was, and, and feel free to kind of go with this, um, was maybe to tell us a bit about why you think humor in evaluation is important, and uh, you know maybe a, a good example of how you've used that. Um. I think there, at first, uh, I guess before I started cartooning, um, I always made a lot of jokes and uh, um, did that kind of thing, but I, I kind of kept it separate, separate from my professional life, uh, um, kind of not folding in humor into much of what I, I did. But uh, um, mm -hmm. then I, I started finding that I think I was uh, self-editing my, you know, keeping myself from uh, um, putting these kind of things in, even not because I was told not to, but because I thought it would be inappropriate right, um, right. at times. And uh, 
But I, I think the more I've looked into it uh, over the past year and, and seen kind of some of the responses, some of my cartoons um, started experimenting with it a little bit, um, started to figure out some ways in which, uh, you know, humor can be a really useful tool. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it starts at, so back at the, the conference presentation that uh, um, Kylie mentioned uh, on blogging, um, I, I put in uh been using um, cartoons kind of as my slide, so I don't have to look up pictures. I just kind of create a cartoon that becomes my PowerPoint slide. And uh, um, at that point, just trying to figure out um, how I can best use these cartoons uh, um, to do something more than just make people chuckle, um, but uh, in kind of some serious ways. And and I've actually I've jotted down a few ways in which I think. Uh, um, you know, humor is really important and can uh, uh, play a pretty powerful role. Yeah, tell us about some of those. The first is uh, um, is in communicating basic concepts. Um, and what I mean here is, uh, uh, you know, I, if you've ever read Cat in the Hat, and uh, um, I kind of, Cat in the Hat was written as a response to uh, um, the Dick and Jane readers. So, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. these are the, like, C-spot run. Yeah. You know, it, it's... It's a way to deliver information in a way that's amusing and entertaining, but kind of compels you to read it. Um, I think a lot of times when we try to offer basic information on things like logic models or, or the web, uh, anything, um, it's, it's hard not to be a little, come across as a little patronizing sometimes. Right. right. Um, I think if you, if you fold it into a cartoon and, uh, um, or multiple cartoons or something a little humorous, a little, funny web video, um, people don't mind watching it. People don't mind reading it. And they're kind of engaged to read it. They don't look at it and go, oh, I already know this stuff. Put it aside, even if they don't really have a firm grasp of even the basic concepts that you're trying to get across. So I find that's, that's definitely one, um, one way that, that humor can be used. Um, and second way is uh, in spreading ideas. And uh, um, on the web, uh, I, there's a site called Gaping Void, and uh, um, Hugh McLeod, he's a cartoonist there, and he, he calls uh, um, his cartoons social objects, um, mm-hmm. meaning that if you want to talk about a concept, you need to have something to talk about, more than just an over a vague concept, uh, general topic. So um, he puts together a cartoon, and it becomes a discussion piece. And... Uh, um, in a way that if you have something like a cartoon or you have a video, something that people feel, you know, motivated to pass around from one person to another to another. Um, so kind of in the evaluation world. So if you're if you have something that you really want to spread, um, you know, one idea would be to create some kind of object that's spreadable. That's not like a 400 page report, something that you can send from one person to another person and they would like to share. Right yeah, and, you know, Chris, I was just going to say that um, you know, I frequently give this um, e-learning or e-study uh, for AEA and, and for other people on effective reporting for evaluators. And, and cartoons are, are definitely in that presentation because when you talk about having the 400-page report versus um, what are people going to remember? What are they going to remember six months down the line, eight months down the line when, when some kind of important decision needs to be made um uh you know the cartoon can really can really convey that information but it's also sticky isn't it it sticks in people's brains 
Right. That's right. And it, and it, you kind of remember it. So you pass it along and, uh, um, or it comes up again and you're like, I, I knew there was something I, I saw that, that kind of covered this topic and, uh, um, and it brings you back. Um, one of the interesting things, once I started doing cartoons, I, I have a lot of people who just randomly find my website just through Google searches, um, looking for cartoons for presentations and other such things. Um, and uh, I, I think that's another place that uh, cartoons are really, really good in presentations. Um, they're also, uh, as a, a, another way I came up with a, a powerful way to use cartoons is as kind of like a doorway into a more complex conversation. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a data analyst, I'm a programmer, and there, there are certain times when you, uh, when you talk to somebody who's not a data analyst or is not a programmer. And, uh, um, you know, I, I used to have a boss where I'd start talking and the, the minute my, I would start talking about something quantitative, uh, um, her eyes would start rolling into the back of her head. Um, and it, it kind of went into some kind of data induced coma. Um, I find that if you use a little bit, bit of humor to kind of introduce kind of more complex topics, more complex discussions, um, it's a good kind of gateway. So tell me a bit about your background. I mean, have you drawn your whole life? I know you've uh, kindly given Kylie and I uh, uh, a drawing of, of the both of us. Did you, were you always a doodler or a drawer or into cartoons? Um, definitely. I I was always a doodler. Um, still am a doodler. Uh, I've, uh, I used to get out these little books uh, um, when I was in elementary school um, called uh, written by Ed Emberley. And basically they, they're just these little cartoon figure drawing books and it's step-by-step diagrams. But I, I have these, uh, um, I have these memories of just getting out a lot of these little books and drawing all these little pictures. Um, I never really turned it into anything. I, I never really thought of it as anything other than just a little hobby. And now um, I see a lot of people asking you if you'll draw something for them, even on, on a Twitter feed or, or, uh, you know, a picture of them for their Twitter image. That's true. Um, I do some songs for people. Um, I've started playing around with that. I, I mainly just do it for uh, um, people I'm friends with online. So, Chris, you were saying that um, that you you'll do them on demand or, or uh, on demand or whatever for friends. So, so I'm glad to see that I'm counted as, as a friend because I recently was developing an online learning introduction to evaluation for Public Health Agency of Canada. And, uh, you know, I just, I needed this cartoon and it, evaluation is such a, such a specific field that I couldn't find anything. And then I thought, oh, Chris, I'll see if Chris has got something. And sure enough, he cranked it out. I'm trying to remember what it was about, Chris, but it was just perfect. It was one of those, uh, it was the quantitative, qualitative kind of mixed method. Kind oh, of, the debate. Yeah, right, that's right. The debate. And, you know, yeah. that comes up over and over again. So, I, yeah. I, yeah, I drew a couple, couple cartoons on that. Um, I, I think that's, there, there are a lot of things that, uh, um, you know, when they're, when they're very specific or within specific contexts, um, you know, you start looking on the web and, and searching for a picture that's just right. Or, um, but I, I think it's, uh, for me, it's just as easy to, to just draw one out, um, sketch out a little picture, sketch out, a, uh, just something silly to, uh, to kind of go along with whatever points trying to be made. So I enjoy doing well, that. 
And you know something, Chris, that really um, occurs to me is because evaluation is such a a small and specific field, I've found that your cartoons have really kind of um, built a, a sense of community that, you know, I'm I'm an insider and, and I get your jokes and it just kind of makes me feel like I'm a part of something special. Is that... I- uh, yeah, it's, it's like sometimes I'll, I'll show my, my cartoons to my wife, and uh, if it's something that's very evaluation-focused, um, she's like, she yeah, I don't get, get this. It makes no <laughs> sense. But it could be something that uh, uh, you know a lot of people like and pass around on Twitter um, just because of that. It, it's like when this past conference, um, I was cartooning quite a bit. I, I tried to cartoon the conference rather than just blog it, and uh, that tended to, to give people something to pass around or Mm-hmm. talk about while at the conference and kind of like little inside jokes all over the place. So yeah. you must have some tips for us. I mean, cause the, you know, obviously we're talking about humor and you know, you, your forte um, that you're becoming known for is, is cartoons and, you know, humor obviously has a lot of other uh, forms, but on the cartoon sort of front, there must be some guidelines you'd want to give presenters or people using them in textbooks because you must sit back and see the odd, you know, uh, cartoon, and I won't name any names for fear of getting, you know, copyright, uh, you know, a- a- attacked. Um, but you must see some that are either overused or you think, you know, that's just filler or they're not using it effectively. Yeah. Any, any, any thoughts on that? There's a lot of filler. I, I mean, I, I think the the thing that really gets me are, are those little, like, uh, um, uh, let's see, what are they called? Just the little outlines of people. You know, you have a little black dot for an eye, for a head, uh, um, the little like clip art kind of people that uh, um, everybody uses in their reports, uh, um, I guess, because you can get them so easily. So you have the same clip art people or, or you have the little right. like uh, um, little people holding hands around in a circle. And uh, um, these like little clip art people or, or things that you pick up off of stock images and you see the same images over and over again in, in presentations and and in books and um Kylie would never, ever use those kinds of things. (laughs) Everybody uses them. I I, I used them, too, in the past. Stephanie Evergreen calls them those evil white people, right? Those little evil white people. And uh, I am guilty of having a couple of those um, in clip art that I've done a couple couple of years ago. But, you know, Chris, I wanted to, you know, just thinking of the broader issue of humor and evaluation, I find um, my favorite cartoon of yours is the one where you actually call it that tension reducer when somebody says, um, what's the one? Ab- um, oh, yeah. You know, I, I have it in front of me. You talked about it the other day, which I, I like. Yeah. It's at the beginning of every evaluation, that one? Yes. Um, yes. Where the one person says, I know our project works, and the other person says, no, you don't. And uh, <laughs> um, the, I, I drew that cartoon, and, and I call it, what's funny is because most of the time I, I hear back from evaluators about it, um, but when I first drew it, I, I showed it to my mom, and my mom's an, an early childhood teacher, um, and it's been one uh, uh, since, I guess, the late 80s. And uh, um, what I like about these kind of things is that they, they, they start conversations or they spark something. And, uh, um, you know, for my mom, when she looks at that, uh, you know, she feels really strongly that one of her programs early on was much better than the program that she's working with now. Um, the difference mm-hmm. is that that program early on didn't really have good evaluation and there was nothing to really show that it was doing okay. Uh, um, it just, it wasn't set up properly for that at the time. 
um, the one now um, is set up really well um, in terms of evaluation and showing some kind of result. But her feeling is that the other project worked better. And uh, um, it, it kind of launches people into stories like that. Um, and I think evaluators who read it see something entirely different um, when they see that kind of uh, uh, cartoon. And and I, that's definitely one of the things that's fun about it. They they totally do. And and you know, thinking about humor in its broadest sense in evaluation, what I've found is that now. As an external evaluator, and here's where James and I really kind of come to our fore, right, where we compare the, my experience with his as an internal evaluator, I have to be very, very careful around the use of humor. And, and for me personally, I find this a bit challenging because I, um, I, I tend to crack jokes and I tend to relax myself sometimes by cracking jokes. But what I, what, where I have found it really useful in my practice is when I'm when I'm starting to evaluate a program and I'm meeting with the stakeholders and and the staff and whoever, um, I often find the humor is really good to help diffuse that tension when people see me as the evil evaluator coming to you know hack at their program, and I find it's really useful to just let people know, look, you know, I'm friendly, I'm relaxed, um, uh, you know, it just really helps to break the ice. But um, a question to both of you, um, have you ever kind of been in a situation where you've used humor in its broadest sense in evaluation and it's, and it's backfired? Yeah, I'm glad you asked that question. That was one I wanted to ask Chris as well, too. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I too like to, you know, crack the odd joke or, you know, show more of a human side. I, I, the, I, odd, the odd joke. <laughs> James, what? you're the funniest of I know the odd joke. You say you just say it like you never do. You don't do it very often. Well, I just had a conversation with a colleague last night who's um, struggling a little bit. I think because they can be very out there, very very funny, and it's hard for them to reel that in. And I mean, you can't really be seen as credible if you're constantly being Bill Cosby, Chris Rock, Billy Connolly, whoever. Um, but no, I, you know, there's definitely that sort of thud moment where you you say you tell a joke with senior executives to try and cut the ice and it doesn't go over um, in my own case as an internal evaluator I know a lot of these people I've worked in this organization and I think probably one of the worst times I can't even remember what the joke was but uh, nobody laughed nobody thought it was funny um, and and actually I don't tend to do this but I, I it was so sort of awkward I laughed at my own joke and yeah. what, I, what I found out afterwards was I'd come into the room and they just had a really difficult conversation. Their headspace wasn't quite in, uh, you know, what we wanted to talk about. But um, Chris, what about you? Have you ever had a, a cartoon or a humorous moment that just didn't go off as, as, as you kind of hoped? Um, I, I guess I, I crack a lot of jokes, too. And uh, um, so it kind of always happens every once in a while. And uh, are there... I think it's it's very person specific too. There there are certain people that are just not going to laugh at at some of my jokes, and uh, um, you know family members, others. But in in terms of a work situation, I find it hard because I email a lot of people, and right. uh, um, it's always hard to to get across something. I I tend to be pretty sarcastic, so it it's hard to convey that over email, and uh, um, so that that's one of the things I have to guard against. Um, 
every once in a while, like spending an, an emoticon, you know, a little smiley face. Mm-hmm. I think that that can diffuse things, but it, it doesn't really work the same way. Have you had any um, classic bombs with any cartoons or ones that you said, yeah, I'm going to put one. I'm going to put that in the uh, in the trash can or put that one at the bottom of the list. Um, well, I, I have a lot of cartoons sitting on my iPad that will never go anywhere else. Um, <laughs> so. I, I tend to if if something comes into my head, I will draw it down. I will draw it in a. Um, I have a little sketchbook. I will draw it in there, or I'll I'll draw the cartoon on my iPad. Well, Kylie and, and Chris, let me ask you. I mean, um, and the sort of bigger question of humor. I mean, do you think uh, evaluators tend to have a good sense of humor? I mean, what, what's your sort of thought? I mean, each of us have swam in different streams of life in different circles. What do you think about evaluators? You know, is that too much of a generalization? Do you think we have a good sense of humor? I, yeah, I, I I don't know, but I know that the field of evaluation can be pretty dry sometimes, and um, it, it seems like I don't know if you guys see feel this, but it's almost like over the last five years or so, it's kind of like people in evaluation have lightened up quite a bit, you know, in terms of. You know, the discussion these days or the postings on AA365, they're, you know, it, it just generally seems like the field has lightened up and, and um, is, is looking, is talking about other things beyond rigor and randomized controlled trials and, you know, reports and stuff like that. And, and you, to the point now where we can be producing cartoons and somebody's produced a children's book and I don't know, it just... In my in my in my opinion, I think the field is a lot less drier than it used to be, like say twenty years ago. And uh, um, I I think that's true too. I I think the web helps that a lot because uh, you know I don't really have to get permission to draw a cartoon and post it on on my own blog. Um, Matt when when uh, Matt Keen and uh, um, Chris Metzner wrote that cartoon wrote the children's book. Um, they could just do that. They could create a cartoon. Or they could create a book, post it on the web. Uh, um, you know, it, there are a lot of blogs, other things that uh, it kind of has given people the opportunity. And uh, um, I also think there are a lot of people who have been holding back this kind of like holding back the jokes and the the kind of fun and the kind of creative side um, yeah. because it just didn't seem appropriate uh, um, in their in whatever context they were in. Yeah, the format, I think the format seems to make a difference. I mean, obviously people, I don't know, I think we've interviewed some funny people. I mean, I think of Stephanie Evergreen, and I I definitely know that Ignite is not meant to be quote-unquote funny, but it's really a different format again. I don't know, it might be. Well, I I, I see it as more funny than, you know, the the not-so-funny traditional boring presentation. So something about it frees people. Maybe it's that format issue. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I think well, if I, you just change your environment it, it helps or just whatever you're you know, just making it the twenty slides, it just kinda changes your perspective on things. Is it making it more human? Getting back to what you said about um, you know, helping us uh link with someone else, be more uh connected and, and sort of have people to drop some of their guard, I wonder. It it also mm-hmm. makes you really focus on that story and communicating it uh, um in with what you have rather than mm-hmm. kind of this mm-hmm. open framework where, okay, well you have this presentation, you have an hour. Um, you just, there's too much, too much time there. The other one you really have to focus. 
on communicating an idea and, and really whether it's humor or not, that's, that's kind of the point. So, you know, I did um, send a cartoon to a client once uh, with a final report and um, this was one of those cartoons I, I made myself with on the web with those do-it-yourself cartoon generators. And, um, but you, it, it wasn't anything I put in the report, but I wanted, I, I sent it to the client. It was an evaluation of a women's sexual health project. And so the cartoon was, was with her and it had something to do with orgasms and stuff like that. But I knew her very, very well as a client. Um, but it did kind of summarize the results of the report. And I, it certainly wasn't anything that I expected her to share publicly. But I, I thought, um, I know her very well. And I thought, well, this is just kind of a clever way of communicating the result. And, and I, I, I wasn't too worried when I sent it to her. But I, I got to tell you, it, it went down really well. I mean, they still talk about it. And it's still what they remember most about that project and, and that evaluation. Well, humor is one of those things that uh, I guess you got to take a bit of a risk from time to time, and if you get the occasional bomb, then you just kind of go with it. So, um, Chris, and, uh, we're coming up to that point where we probably should wrap up, and uh, just wanted to get any of your final thoughts on um, evaluation, um, the role of humor, and uh, and cartooning. Great. I I think uh, um, that's kind of one last thought is is just to go ahead and try. I, I mean, loosen up a little yourself. I, I think I definitely, I found when I've started cartooning, I've had people come to me with their kind of creative things. It's it's like me cartooning has opened them up to send me a cartoon or send me, here's a doodle that I've been creating. And uh, um, anytime I do that, I, anytime that happens, I try to encourage that person to uh, um, keep doing it, put it out there. Um, I think a lot of people don't, have too much uh, uh, in the way of, I guess, creative confidence um, for whatever reason. Um, but people have some really good stuff. But it's it's too easy just to opt to go with something that's clip art or something that's more mainstream cartoon than putting out your own work. Um, but I really highly encourage anybody thinking about it just to try it out. Um, send out the cartoon because you might get a... Um, a better response than than you would actually would even imagine. Well, and you know, for for those of our listeners in Canada, um, I'm going to out another um, Chris that we have, uh, Steve Montague, who is very well known evaluator based in Ottawa, is a closet cartoonist. I don't know if you knew that, James, or not. No, I didn't. Um, he has a totally different style from from Chris. His tend to look a bit more like kind of those New Yorker cartoons, but um, I've actually had him do one for me as well. So if you're looking for, you know, some particularly Canadian content, then uh, Steve, I've outed you, and uh, they're good. They're very good as well. We'll have to get Steve on the podcast in the near future and, and get his thoughts on this. Well, Chris, listen. It's it's really been a pleasure to have you on our show, and and you know I do recall uh, now that you saying you know you had a background in computer programming and others, and it's funny I'm just rem I'm just remembering that uh, working with an evaluation uh, working group that was evaluating a computer program that does performance monitoring, the actual uh, uh, the actual uh, programmers had embedded cartoons and hidden little Easter eggs, and so there's uh, <laughs> seems to be a rich relationship between. Uh, you know, serious programmers and a good sense of uh, cartooning and, and, and their value. Um, listen, uh, for those of us listening to our show, um, uh, welcome to the new year. 
And uh, we would like to encourage you to get in touch with us. Uh, a couple different ways you can do that. You can email us directly. Um, Kylie and I respond to the email at adventures and evaluation podcast at gmail.com. Or you can go to our website, uh, the new and improved, uh, migrated to a much better and more stable server, we hope, uh, adventuresandevaluation.podbean.com. Uh, we'll post information, uh, links, and uh, some examples of the cartoons from Chris uh, Lessie here today. And uh, would love to hear your thoughts on, on, on uh, today's uh, podcast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, goodbye, everybody. I guess I'm going to be up all night programming my little tablets for mobile data collection. So, I will sign off now and say thanks very much, Chris. This was great. Look forward to seeing you next October in Washington, D.C. Yeah, definitely. Look forward to meeting you in person, too, Chris. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Um, and I'll talk to you later. Take okay. Care. All right. Bye. Bye.